Hey, hey, ho, ho, ho. Welcome back to Green Rush, the really live business of cannabis talk show every Friday afternoon on Pro Cannabis Media's network of social media platforms, our Roku and our Apple channel, and of course, also on our homepage as well. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media, and I'm so happy to have a couple of guys alongside now that we can talk about the biggest stories in the cannabis space. One of them to join us is Rick Thompson. He is the executive director of Normal in Michigan. And uh, Rick, you're also the host of the Jazz Cabbage Cafe that we live stream every Tuesday at 4? 4 p.m. Eastern Standard. That's right. There you go. So you know what? The 65-year-old brain remembered that. That's a good thing. Um, Doug Miller's with us from Jersey. We've got Josh out in Washington State. And now we have Michigan. So as always, I love it when we can create a coast-to-coast -coast connection uh, through this amazing plant that is uh, cannabis. Um, so we are releasing uh, a poll to, to the public. And we we're really interested to see what kind of response we get and um, and also the opinions of people. What were the top five news stories in the United States of America for cannabis in 2022? Rick, this is a year that there was quite a few choices, weren't there? Oh, and it's especially when you look at a national level, individual states have their own special interests, but there are some commonalities that we see among all the different states, either mature or emerging markets. And that's a really, it's really noteworthy, I think. Hey, uh, Doug, I want to bring you in and, and talk a little bit about uh, the one of the newest states to open up uh, adult use sales is New Jersey, where you live. Uh, I know that that they uh, managed to move a lot of the medical dispensaries and add in adult use in New Jersey. To me, that's a pretty big story, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's definitely a huge story in New Jersey when it when it went legal on 421. I think it was the day after 420 they did it, and uh, yeah, the lines were just crazy. Right? I mean, we still have crazy lines. I guess I actually live around the corner from Cura Leaf, which was the first real big um, dispensary in the state, and they still have lines that are just insane. And um, yeah, I have a and if you have a medical card, it's great because you can just surpass the long rack line and go right in because medical has to be served first that's part of the uh the regulations in the state in most states and um so yeah you can if you're if you're fortunate enough to have your medical card still you can just bypass the big lines walk right in and everyone looks at you like hey how do you get in there but uh it is definitely a it's a great thing we we we, we in massachusetts lived through that uh, back in 2018 and now there are well over 250 dispensaries, although, oops, one failed today out in Northampton. They, they kind of overdid it out in Northampton with like 11 dispensaries within a mile of each other. Yeah, and Rick's shaking his head going, exactly. So uh, no surprise because this is all about a market correction, right, Mr. Economist Josh Kincaid? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's um, probably one of the the top uh, stories that that I would put out there um, for some of that consolidation. And it's, um, I mean, a lot of it's going to happen that we're going to see. So if you look at some of the stories um, in 2022, that that merger between Hexo and Tilray, um, I don't think that's going to work out long term. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But other stories 
Constellation Brands, $1.1 billion write-off. Canopy Growth, they had to write down $2 billion. Aurora, they had a reduction in goodwill of $2 billion. Um, so Morrison Coors had to sell their CBD beverage unit. Um, I mean, all of those things are kind of canaries in the coal mine in terms of consolidation and having to figure that out uh, in 2023 and beyond. In terms of consolidation and having to figure oh. that out. Absolutely. Oh, wait a second. So you can't do this. You can't do what I'm trying to do technically. I'm sorry. I'm back. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to do over there? I'm just trying to get YouTube up so I can see the chat room and I've got the monitors all moving around and I got it on my iPad and I still can't figure out how to get it. Oh, look, there it is. No, uh, it is. What he it needs is. more. So I'll, I'll add on to what you were saying about Hexo because I was actually looking at all the, the cannabis stocks today and uh, I monitor them all the time, but uh, especially today, I just wanted to look at them and uh, yeah, Hexo is at 11 cents right now. I mean, it's so far in the basement. And this is where I love to honestly buy stocks. This is where I, I'm not saying to go out and buy Hexo. I would look at it, but I'm just saying, I, I like them when they're down this far in the basements. These are the ones I'm looking at. And uh, yeah, you have Cure Leaf at 498. I mean, it was just seven something the other day. It was curling up off the bottom, but uh, a lot of these stocks are just getting beat down. Maps. They just announced 25% layoff. And I just mentioned today, because I publicly stayed off stocks, um, Goldman Sachs just said they're going to lay off about 8%, I believe the number was, in 2023. So, yeah. and I was saying yesterday, I posted about how I, I spoke specifically about Hexo and was saying how, you know, the cannabis industry is definitely going to have a correction. And so is just about every other industry. We're going to see some major layoffs come across the board in almost every sector and uh cannabis is definitely going to get hard there's a lot of money pumped into it for a long time companies were are doing things a lot of companies were just joining the uh the forces because it was a, they were able to and now as you see things slow down and recessions and things of that nature be spoken about you're going to see a lot more companies go under unfortunately yeah we're going to try and avoid that as much as possible in the industry, for sure. Uh, Rick, can you give us a state of the industry in Michigan? They, too, have had some closures. Am I right on that? Oh, certainly. Uh, of course, our numbers are up, 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 even though we were slightly down last month. Uh, it was still within the margin of error when you consider that November had one fewer day than October. But we're still cranking out about $200 million per month and, and just moving in an upward direction. However, we have seen an awful lot of market correction here. Um, <clears throat> you're looking at uh, cultivation centers who are now cultivating less than their capacity simply because they don't have a market destination for all of the cannabis and it's less expensive to let the rooms go, go uh, empty than it is to fill in nutrient and water and light those particular plants. So we're also seeing retail consolidation. Mergers and acquisitions are crazy right now with even some big players merging together in order to uh, to create mega chains. We had Live and, and Common Citizen, which recently merged in Michigan to create, I believe, a 34, 35 uh, a dispensary chain. And that's relatively large for the Michigan market itself. Uh, so we are seeing, unfortunately, a lot of the invisible damage of, of what we talk about is the can, can apocalypse. Uh, Ty Volpo actually said that to me, can apocalypse. 
Um, what we're seeing is individual states with small layoffs and small shutdowns that aren't really noticed. People are paying attention to the MSOs, but the real damage I think is happening every single day in these individual states uh, where oversupply and a, a crashing price has just driven everyone out of business. There you go. Um, I, I believe we have um, old friend joining us, Aaron Goins on the phone. Am, am I right, Aaron? I call it a phone because it's a Zoom call. I'm old. What can I tell you? Aaron, you're muted. And uh, let me tell you, this guy, he, he sent me an email with his list of top five stories, and none of them were on my list because he analyzes the market uh, with a fine tooth comb and uh, a, a lot of experience. Aaron, are you there? No. Okay. We will, we will continue to try to get him. Uh, and and that, let's go back to the uh, top five stories uh, because I think this can carry us. Uh, Rick, I'm interested, rather than pick five, can you pick the top story in cannabis this year? What do you think is the biggest story? Uh, I'll tell you what I think is the biggest story, and I'm not alone in that. Cannabis Business Times in November said potency inflation by laboratories in America is a huge story. You know, in Michigan, we're experiencing this right now, where instead of growing the best cannabis, it's actually which laboratory do you go to in order to get marketability for your product? And in a world where deli style served in jars, where you get a chance to really see the buds is a rarity and prepackaged cannabis is the norm. Oftentimes, the only thing you have to judge the quality of the cannabis is the cute picture on the outside of the package or... <laughs> some potentially inf inflated THC number on the backside. So yeah. uh, we're really seeing that in a number of states too. There've been lawsuits against them. Uh, California's uh, actually permanently banned one lab. And I know, a I think Colorado gave a 10 year suspension to another laboratory program. So it's, it's becoming a problem on a national basis and it erodes consumer confidence in the system, which means fewer people participate in the regulated market and they go back to their unregulated market roots and resources. And that's a, a hit that the industry just can't afford at this point. I would also say that that's, I, I was going to say that's, a, that's an issue that every market has as soon as they launch. Like in Washington, that was an issue, you know, circa 2018 when it was a pay to play, like how high do you want your, your percentages and some of the ones in Washington got kicked out. And I think as we're starting to see a lot more states, you know, uh, regulating cannabis, you're going to see a ton of opportunistic labs out there uh, in a pay to play system. That's certainly the case in Michigan. We have a very famous uh, a lawsuit continuing to go on now for I think it's in its second year uh, of the a particular lab suing the state because they issued a huge recall and then a judge overturned half the recall and said that it wasn't warranted. So there's uh, there's just huge concerns right now. Uh, and again, it, the market itself is not picking winners and losers. It's it's who's willing to fudge numbers that, that decides winners and losers. And that's just so unfair for all those people that have put their uh, their life savings and their and their time and effort and love and sweat into this industry. We're seeing a lot of people that dry out their cannabis too to drive up those THC levels as well. And it's you know eventually I think the market has to kind of uh, work its way out. Like I, that's what I like about limited license states. Like Nevada is in theory you're supposed to have really good quality because there's there's so few out there. Um, I, that's not my experience, but in in theory I, I like the idea. <laughs> 
I like when you said that's not my experience. That's fantastic, Josh. Thank you. Speaking of experiences, I happened to be in a dispensary earlier this week talking to a bud tender. And, you know, it's interesting. I said, uh, I'm just looking for a few pre-rolls. And he goes, well, this one has the highest amount of THC in it. And then followed by this one and this one. I said, so I, what I said to the guy is, so what you're telling me is all consumers basically come in looking for the highest THC percentage in the particular flower. And anybody who's savvy enough to know anything about this plant, that doesn't necessarily mean it gets you the highest people. It's all about the terpene staring them, right guys? And, and, and yet you can't order by terpenes in Washington after 10 years, you still don't have that option, which is crazy to me. I can still like, you know, have this little gauge about what THC percentage I want or I skew by high levels of THC, but I can't pick the terpene I want, which is going to give me the effects I'm looking for, which is crazy to me that Nevada's there and Washington is not. Yeah, I, uh, I particularly never really look at the percentages and I've been traveling around to states with dispensaries for a while now and um yeah that means absolutely nothing to me i like to look at it and like you said now it's going to pre-packaged so before they would have the beautiful glass jars with the magnifying glasses they'd let you smell it it was great and now it's just becoming like big box store stuff and it just stinks and uh yeah the quality last time honestly i was out in colorado i go snowboarding once a year out there and i i like to go dispensary hopping and have fun and um that's what i call it dispensary hopping and i like to check out all the the product in the different um areas and i was actually disappointed in the flower the last time i went out there i obviously went to the concentrates because they're much better but um yeah I, i'm more of a flower connoisseur and uh i was disappointed and it's like that new and i'm not gonna lie new jersey our dispensaries just aren't on the bar yet they just you, you get better stuff on the streets and it's sad and like you were saying about the whole testing thing uh, i'm very familiar i was actually going to start a testing lab and i i have a company so i i we've done this before we've sent it out to three different labs to have tested we've had three different results come back we know for a fact we've we've said it for two, three years now that the testing's just nonsense because all the equipment is so different and it just doesn't give you accurate results in this industry at right yet. They can get it better, but the results just aren't accurate. I mean, Cure Relief tries to say they have 32% THC in their in their flower and they're insane. They can't even get 20% and there's they sell moldy flour very often. So they're not getting 32% anywhere. And right. uh Hey Rick, I gotta interrupt crazy. you, Doug. Hey, hey Rick, I know you're a connoisseur of this because I've I've watched your show and you, you know, you're not afraid to light up on camera, which I, I let you get away with. Um, but that <laughs> that being that being said, are you still seeing is this more of a, a new market correction? And back in the day, you know, the legal market is supposed to uh, push out the legacy market. When we were all in the legacy market. Was it good shit or not? Did it get you high with one hit, two hits, three hits? That's how I measured it back in that day, right? Now it's the THC content and the testing. And I, I, that's my rant for this, uh, this segment. Go ahead. But the, as consumers, we, we helped the legacy market drive better cannabis into our, into our bodies because we were able to evaluate it with our eyes, with our nose, uh, with our fingers, we were able to touch a nug, squeeze it. Is it is it spongy? Did they use you know PGR hardeners on it? Is it is it like rock like, which which is always a, an undesirable aspect in my mind. 
but you know, I don't really think that the purpose of the of the legalized market is to supplant the unregulated market. I think the unregulated market is a part of American culture, and it's it's unlikely to go away. Remember, we had all the king's horses and all the king's men try to take pro try to pr prohibit cannabis from being prevalent in the United States, and all it ever did was make the uh, the quality better, the quantity available better, and the and the price go down. So. It, it's a it's a fantasy to think that the legalized market is ever going to supplant the illegal market. It's all about percentages. Can the regulated market seduce a certain percentage of the unregulated market in? And the way that they do that is by offering better quality cannabis. Doug's right. I've been to other states and I have not had super great respect for the the cannabis that I that I see produced there. Uh, my old school friends here in the state of Michigan they get the sticky icky. Come on now. Honestly, I have a buddy in Michigan and they do have, and I know for a fact that dispensaries have been having a, a, a huge problem with like all the cartridges, the distillates, the car, everything out there has just been a nightmare for the last, I guess, five, six months at least. And uh, yeah, Michigan has some great growers in the market, which was for a good two years, it was just absolutely slant. It was one of the best markets in the whole country, but it definitely stopped. Part of the problem here is that when you have bean counters in another state deciding what plants you're going to put in your garden, simply because they yield the greatest amount of, of pounds per square foot or pounds per lumen applied, whatever metric they want to apply in their garden to determine success, instead of letting the people on the ground decide what the market's looking for, what's going to, to give you the best bag appeal, when those decisions are made by bean counters instead of real gardeners, I think we all lose, and the and the quality of the product goes down substantially, in my estimation. I believe last show I was saying how every time I go out to a dispensary, if they have Blue Dream, it always looks great, and it's a it's always a strand I get because it's always solid, no matter, and you get indicas and sativas in it, and but it's always a solid strand, and and like you just said, people they're not they're not even growing it really anymore. You barely see it, and it was just so prevalent everywhere, and then it just disappears, and then you get all these new flavors like the runces and this and that, which is fine. I don't mind, but keep the good ones around because they're good for a reason and uh they just disappear and uh, it, it I, and again it's because you, you see these boutique growers they just end up getting weeded out so to say by the big companies and it stinks because it's it's not fair they, they're the ones that really they, they put the groundwork in for the industry and then the people with big money just come in and roll right over them like a steamroller it's terrible well, craft growing, I think everyone in every legal market has recognized, uh, actually grows some great stuff, if you will, uh, and and puts the MSOs to shame, at least in a head-to-head -head, uh, you know, competition or, or comparison. But are we just seeing typical free market stuff, guys, where the quality is always going to be recognized by those who are consuming it? You know, supply Come demand. My, where are my economists? Go ahead. <laughs> but supply demand is really what's going on right now. Uh, you're, you're looking at the suppression of, of pricing and uh, the supply is through the roof here in Michigan. And therefore, the price is now under $100 an ounce as, a, as an average retail price, $95 an ounce in Michigan for adult use and $102 an ounce for medical. Uh, and I don't know if that's the lowest price in the United States. There's probably places that have a lower average price. Uh, so it's, it's just insane right now. I heard of, a, this, go ahead, Josh. 
Well, I was just going to say, I heard at MJ BizCon in, in Vegas uh, recently that uh, less than $200 for a pound of cannabis was what that was going for. So the price compression that we've seen in the last 12 months is 50%. It's come down 50%. And that's for two primary reasons. One, the cost of capital. If you're a small company, you're not going to get an advantageous loan rate. And then they can't afford the cost of scaling and automation. And so um, you're seeing that kind of play out in terms of quality. I, I think the other big reason too is the lack of experience. Like really, when have we had this scale of cannabis being grown and all of these people calling themselves quote master growers? It never existed before. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't have a best method or methodology. And I think all of that kind of encompasses this learning experience that unfortunately we have to um you know, right along the, the ride with them until it gets better. And from a business point, uh, I don't understand how the growers that grow great cannabis and we need them growers because that's how you really make up the, the really good medicinal products. And that's what I'm really into is helping people medicinally. And without the great growers that grow the best cannabis, you're not going to make the best medicinal products to help people. And they can't afford to actually grow because the business model, I mean, it, people don't understand how expensive it is to really grow a plant, like the cannabis plant, to grow it the way the top shelf growers can grow. And yeah, of course, like where we can throw up a warehouse and throw a bunch of plants in there. But again, then like you were saying, everyone's a master grower. I say all the time, they need to get someone out West. You can tell they don't, they have an East Coast grower in there and it's just garbage. I mean, I, I don't want to say that, but it, it's the truth. And I, uh, I, it is I have it to is. stop growing when, when as soon as it hits $3 a gram at, at you know, wholesale, even retail, I had to stop growing because it got too expensive, you know, and then there's kind oh. of, I'm regretting that choice uh, because some of these, these other alternatives are, are super sub quality, you know, it's an inferior product, but uh, being frugal, you know, I kind of went with uh, the wholesale price and I've been writing that quality down with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's what I mean. We I wish we had the, the business model. And of course, the next year is definitely not going to be the business model for these guys to be growing quality product. It's going to be get by with whatever you can. And uh, and I hope some of them really make it because there's some really talented people out there. And it's sad that they just can't really do what they want to do and should be able to do. You know, what's really a shame is that it seems like each state is having to relive the same nightmare other states have gone before. Yeah. It's, not, it's as if we're not learning from anybody else's experience. And, yeah. and perhaps that's because every market has a natural evolution that is inescapable. Could be this boom bust period that we're seeing is just part of what those, those market economics are. That's what Jimmy's original question was. Is this just part of a regular functioning market? Or is this something so unique to cannabis because of its federal illegality? And maybe it is just the typical way that these markets respond when they evolve. I would, I would say that it's maybe that, but I think also it's a massive amount of ego in this industry and people are so inundated with what's going on and what they think. And they're incapable of looking for advisors or experience because they know everything. The and bro so when you, society, yeah. When you look at failure, that's what's going to lead you to success, right? It's it's not 
it's nothing less than learning from those opportunities. And, and in Oregon, for example, a phenomenal um, concentrate company and flower and retailer, they've all gone out of business. And all of it is because of infighting. They wanted to expand or they wanted to do this or whatever. And then they just crumbled. Uh, and, and I think that's something that we don't really analyze enough of and how to avoid that. There's plenty of other things, but I think there's a lot of distraction and ego involved that doesn't even allow people to filter through those experiences to learn from the failures in order to become successful. All right, I'm going to put you guys on the spot now to pick. I'm going to read the 15 nominations, the 15 stories, okay, that are on our poll, okay? We want to know, you could pick five, you could pick a different one. And I may have not, based on the conversation we've already had, I know I've missed a few here. Wait a second. There we go. All right. Um, was it President Biden's proclamation that cannabis is scheduled wrong and the laws should be reframed? Or the U.S. Congress passing the Cannabis Research Bill, an opportunity unanimously? New Jersey opens for adult use on April 21st. Two more states legalize cannabis for adult use on, at the ballot box, Maryland and Missouri. And then, of course, the other side to that is three states turned down cannabis reform uh, at the ballot box. Uh, I did put this in here because anybody who watches this show and knows my background, I'm a sports guy. What can I tell you? Mike Tyson releases ear edible line and Evander Holyfield was involved, is involved with it. <laughs> I, just, I had to throw that in there. Uh, P. Daddy's acquisition of three MSOs and 12 dispensaries in four states for social equity um, help as far as building capital up. And then, you know, another big one uh, came full circle in 2022, Brittany Griner uh, getting arrested in Russia for hash oil vape cartridge and subsequently released after over 250 days in a Russian prison and penal colony. Um, I threw Vermont opens adult use sales just because I like Vermont. Okay, New York issues their first social equity licenses for adult use operators. Federal ruling on native resident licenses in Maine. Is this an, an opportunity to open interstate commerce? This is David Rabinovitz's baby, and I think he might be joining us a little bit later on. California reforms their cannabis laws to ease business restrictions. Curalee's federal wrongful death lawsuit for mislabeled CBD causing a death. Oregon governor releasing 45,000 nonviolent cannabis prisoners. I think that might be expungement, not release. But anyway, let's keep going because I've only got two more. Truly, the employee dies from respiratory issues on the job in a Holyoke grow facility. And last but not least, safe banking bill gets removed from the national defense budget and gets blasted by Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who we affectionately call Yertle the Turtle. All right. Rick Thompson, can you pick one? What's the biggest story? Well, out of the ones that you just offered, I'd have to go with the, the ones that actually did something, which, which would be, you know, um, the first passage of, of federal research grants. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that helps to open up the dialogue. I was really disappointed to hear Morgan earlier today uh, talk about how it looks like the descheduling conversation is dead for another two years until we perhaps get a, a change in composition of the House of Representatives. Uh, that's really sad because I think that's that's an important way to go. But the research bill, um, that's, that's a, a monumental piece of legislation. Biden's proclamation really didn't do a whole lot. It was symbolic and I love, I love what he did, but it didn't help as many people as it could have. 
Uh, and it's it's a half step when a full stride was warranted. Yep. All right, uh, Josh, which which do you think is the number one biggest story in the cannabis world these this year? The biggest buzz I've seen um, all year out of all of those stories has been the two states, Mississippi and um, uh, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Missouri. Missouri. We're two states. Did I say yeah, Mississippi? I meant Missouri. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so Maryland apps. and Missouri, there were the two states. That <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you were close. I mean, you know, they were both in the same country. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of interest. A lot of real estate investors are kind of coming out of the woodworks. And so I think whatever investment uh, on the sidelines was there is kind of anytime that, that there's news, right? All of these stocks and all of the investors kind of move with, with the news. So that kind of um, got the, the, the drum beat going a little bit. We'll see how long it lasts. Okay, Doug, your last. What All right, you... I'll be biased. Now, it, I'm... You could be biased. It could just be New Jersey. I was going to say it's New Jersey just because I live here, but also it, I think it opened it up more for New York to get their act together to pass it along. And uh, I think that had a big part of it because they saw what was going on in New Jersey and people were coming over here and everything was crazy and they just had to get it together. And people were just in New York, they had, they were literally opening up illegal shops and just selling whatever they had vans driving. It was just absolutely out of control mayhem and they had to do something. So that's why I'm going to be biased and say that. There you go. And and actually, you know, and there there is a line for other just for the record in this poll. So if you don't believe in any of our 15 choices or my 15 choices, if you will, uh, you can certainly uh, add your own into it. And uh, when I will, we'll score them all up and we'll see which one comes, which five come out on top. And then we're going to draw um, a couple of names, uh, emails that we're going to get. And I've got some gift cards over here and I've got some little what I call limited edition t-shirts, because I'm running out, uh, available to, to give out as well uh, as prizes. But um, more importantly, uh, it's a good exercise, I think, for everybody to talk about it. And one of the things, um, I think Josh and Doug, you were both on the show with uh, Gary Santo, the CEO of Tilt Holdings. And mm. I talked about what we need is not legalization or decriminalization. It's normalization. And normalization is only going to occur when the public is educated about this product. At least this is an accepting of it. You know, all the NIMBYs out there, not in my backyard, who blocked the opening of dispensaries in their neighborhoods and and uh, all the um, other side of things uh, might be saying, well, you know, what about this? What about that? I mean, always looking for reasons to not get it done and delay it rather than figuring out a way to make it work for the industry and for the public safety. Because that's, you know, again, we can't even get safe banking passed. I, it is so amazing to me that the House of Representatives did it seven times and the Senate doesn't even want to talk about it. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I grant. And uh, uh, what, what do you think, Doug, as usual? I think I, that's I, politics I think, at its finest, right? That's there. politics at its finest. Josh, and look at Rick. Yep, yep. Right? Yeah, and it's it's so sad. It's just it's held over all the people that are involved in the industry. It's held over everyone's head that they got they have to play political games. And it's a it is it's all politics. I ran in a local election. I learned a lot, and I learned a politics, it, political every it's everything. It's crazy. It just it really it it makes and breaks 
every single thing. It's and either money or politics. Yeah, and cannabis. Going through things. And cannabis is now a pawn. I mean, Rick, we live to see that day at least. I mean, I, I'm amazed by this, the whole thing. Well, it, it it seems like drug policy has always been a pawn of one person or another, uh, whether it's used to punish communities of color or whether it's used to to make uh, safe communities of, of uh, security and, and fences and walled gates. Uh, but nowadays, people actually want us instead of trying to get rid of us. And that is kind of a, of a, of a culture shift, but I still don't see the, I still don't see the love in the federal system. I know Morgan's has worked with the Republicans, but they've been the biggest stoppers of, of legislation for, for decades. So it's so difficult to, to put those old rifts aside and, and walk side by side with someone who you really do need to be your ally instead of your long-term enemy. Josh, last word before we take a break. Well, I wonder how much of it is lobbyists. I, I do, does anybody even care anymore? I think there's probably enough opposition from lobbyists who get a 20,000% ROI or return on their investment, ensuring that cannabis does not get passed rather than these individual senators. I don't think they care at all. No, but well, that's getting... why they're not doing any research on it. That's to me, that's just being lazy and not doing due diligence or more importantly, not doing your job. Yeah, pharmaceutical companies are in, in, they're in both sides of their pockets. They're they're donating to the political parties. They're the lobbyists fighting against it. They're just yeah, you're absolutely right. Lobbyists do have a but big to part. be to be fair though, they don't need any more research because Nixon already did the research, presented it, and they were like, "Now forget it." And then there is patent six six the what is it six six three zero five zero seven. There's already a patent. Jobs, they don't yeah. need any more research. This is kicking the can down the road. It's just symbolism, and that's all. I'm going to kind of disagree with you there, but I'm not sure. going to bring it up now. I want to bring that up uh, at, the, at the break and see who we might have coming in the room. Rick, can you hang out or do you have to go do Christmas shopping or something? Lonely old man has plenty of time. Sure. I'll All right. <laughs> great. Love that. Welcome to the club. All right. We're going to take our uh, top of the hour break here and continue with this holiday edition of Green Rush Live. Don't go away. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin. And I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.